Hi, Jan and Josh and all the viewers. I am AKA Rod Rivington, Bill A. Jones. A salute to you. Yay. Josh. Welcome to the Gleeful Podcast with Josh Jen and Ed. You can find us on Twitter at Gleeful Podcast. I'm at Josh Burnell. She's at Jenny. Be creative. He's at Edward Giordano. Jennifer. Joshua. You know, there's two rock set songs. There's two, uh, there's three if you count Joyride, but no one counts Joyride. <laughs> there's <laughs> Must Have Been Love. Mm-hmm. There's Listen to Your Heart. Yep. We got both of them this season. Someone on the writing staff is like, we gotta get in all these Rod Sife songs before yeah. the end of the series. <laughs> There's like some new it's writer on the staff that was like, I will write for your show as long as you let me put in my favorite you Swedish did. pop rock band. Yes. Don't even have to pay. <laughs> just just, just let him put it in there. Just get it in there. It's yeah. got to happen. Uh, we are here tonight to uh, find these two lovers and holy... No, we are here tonight to uh, discuss the latest episode of Glee entitled We Built This Glee Club. Uh, we've arrived. It is sectionals for the 3.0s, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to find out if uh, Rachel is going to choose between Niata and uh, and going to a Broadway show, which sounds absurd. Um, and we are also going to find out uh, what the heck happened to Samshell. We're not going to find that out, but we're going to wonder. So uh, let's go around the are room. We- <laughs> yep. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, how you doing tonight, Jennifer? I'm good. How are you, Josh? Uh, you know, I, I, I took kind of a nap just yeah. before the show Hello, um, because there. I'm a super old man. Um, and so that's that was nice. I enjoyed yeah. it. It's kind of a bit of a nap. Uh, so we'll get into this and we'll get a little crazy with it. Uh, Ed, how are things out in Indiana? Uh, things are things were fantastic, like weather-wise. It was literally like 70 today. Wow. Literally. Uh, so, Ed, I went to a concert last night, and I'm going to throw out these bands to you and see if any of them ring your bell. Okay, um, any kind of bells. My nephew... Just, just, just heard of them, right? Is that my goal? <laughs> the My nephew came out, and my nephew wanted to go to a metal show. And um, uh, so I was unable to find, like, a real metal show, uh, what I would have called a real metal show while he was out. Um, so the closest I could get was a metalcore show. Uh, and so we went to see... There were four bands playing. There was a band called For the Win... There was a band called Wolves at the Gate. There was a Skylet Drive. Still nothing. And then Red Jumpsuit Apparatus. You have to know hey, Red Jumpsuit. There you go. You one. do one of them. One for four. 
You got one for four. They but, had that uh, face down, right? Exactly. That was their hit. They played it at the... They Of course, they played it as the last song. The girl standing next to me is like, oh my God, I'm so excited. I didn't think they were going to play this. And I was like, of course, it's their hit. It's the all, all the bands tonight. It's the only song that normal people know. Uh, but it was uh, it was fun. Uh, it was very young, very Christian crowd. I did not know all of those are Christian bands. That was news to me. I found yeah. out when one of them started preaching. But you got so, to go to the you know the the world famous Whiskey A Go Go. Whiskey A Go Go, which is amazing. The Doors of the House band, Motley Crue met there. The Whiskey A Go Go is amazing. Um, but yes, uh, so that's uh, that's what we're going to get into tonight. We're going to discuss the latest episode of Glee entitled "We Built This Glee Club." Jennifer. Yeah. What do you think of the episode? I rather liked it. Rather liked it? I did. Good. Anything else? I'll elaborate later. <laughs> just let <pulled laughs> that one out there. Just, uh, I like this fight. No, I, 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 I really liked it. Jennifer, I, Josh. you know, I don't, I don't know if you're familiar with the format of our show, but uh, <laughs> we watch an episode of Glee and then we talk about it. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, I don't know if you listened I, I to... I verbally responded and I didn't just like thumbs up and nod my head. I actually spoke words. Okay, so we'll Audibly. save... So we're going to save the discussion portion of the show until a little later, I'm told. So for now, she liked it. Ed... I got goosebumps when I saw Juicy St. James. Okay, you happy now? Oh, well... Didn't everyone? Um, yeah, anybody who feels anything. Anyone with a soul. Um, Ed, <laughs> what did you think of this episode? We built this Glee Club. Th- three weeks in a row. I'm like loving Glee. Actually, uh, it's shocking a little bit. Um, originally, I was going to give this an A minus, but then you brought up a point in your intro about about the the Rachel picking Broadway and the Sam Sam Chol. I was like, hold on, they're not. They might still be leaving with a cliffhanger, but they're not leaving me with the cliffhanger that I thought I was going to be left with. And so for that, they they got the bump, the A minus to an A, and it was getting an A minus originally because I've been talking about how they've been clo- they've been like closing the gaps. They're like they closed up season six characters. They've been closing up all these things, and they and now in this past episode, they they are officially closing up the gap between the back nine of season one to two. To season six with Jesse St. James. Yeah, and, absolutely. And then we are, we, and, then, and I'll be very happy with them when they do something that references the, the front 13 from season one and closes up the whole thing. <laughs> well, I can actually, uh, I can answer that question for you, but we will get to that a little later in the episode. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I am actually going to agree with both of you. Uh, I gave this episode an A minus. It was only a minus because I kind of felt like sectionals came out of nowhere. Um, and then the but, resolution... But, but if this was the finale, wouldn't we have been... I'm like, like these are all the cliffhangers they could have left us with. Yes, without question. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, definitely. No, 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 I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that, like, like I'm watching the episode and I didn't know that the next scene was going to be sectionals. I honestly thought sectionals was still a week away. And then it was like we went to a commercial, came back, and we were at sectionals. So I know. I thought abrupt. it was like a different episode. Like, hold yeah. on. We're sectionals. Yeah, totally. Like, the episode didn't quite flow it in a, a weird clunky. way. The pacing at the beginning, like, leading up to sectionals, the pacing was really strange. 
That said, uh, and I thought that Sue uh, was a little clean at the end, which we'll talk about that a little bit more. But honestly, all things aside, this was a solid A minus episode. This was a straight up, like, glee at its best episode with huge performances, with uh, great song choices. Uh, even a couple of the songs that annoyed me, they still fit <laughs> the scenes perfectly. And you can, you know, like, nobody complains about the music more than I do, um, except for maybe. Nope, just me. And uh, the, it's but, true. It's true. Uh, but uh, but I, I mean, I'll even take a crappy song if it fits the scene so perfectly that I can't deny it. And, and that totally happened in this episode. So uh, for the most part, this, this one was just money. Like there was a lot yeah. of good stuff. So um, let's just go ahead and kick the love fest off right now. Jennifer, uh, in this episode, uh, we spent a lot of time with Rachel going back and forth mm-hmm. between her choice of whether she should return to Niata or join the new Russell Simmons Broadway show, which is apparently about a Vietnam vet who returns to the streets of Philadelphia and uh, discovers hip hop. No, wait. He discovers uh, street art, uh, yeah, I got which confused. leads him to hip hop. Yes. Um, it was kind of funny because at no point in that plot description did they ever mention what part Rachel would be playing. Like it was just like, love interest, and you'll be the girl. Is essentially what he said. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it was a little weird. But uh, we also had the return of, as you said, Jesse St. James. Uh, what did you think of the return of Jesse St. James and uh, Rachel's decision to return to school? Well, first of all, I know like last week we talked a lot about, you know, the uh, the resurgence of this storyline again. And she's going to be faced with a choice. And I think I realized in this episode, as long as she actually gave it an you know honest thought and consideration and wasn't just taking the easiest thing you know like I mean she talked about it with several different people and they all kind of came in it from a different angle and you know Kurt was you know what Kurt said I think resonated most with me and I thought that that was most impactful so I just needed to believe that this person would actually give this is serious thought and not just say, well, Broadway, of course, is it. Or, yeah. you know, school is, of course, is this. Like, you know, there's a, there's a lot of different things to, to, to weigh in there. And yeah, okay, I am, I'm glad that she went with school and recognized that this was a foundation <laughs> that she would benefit from, you know, even beyond her first and second Broadway gig. Um, so I, I liked that. I liked that it showed that she was actually giving it thought and you know being honest about you know what she needs to do what she needs to do to get what she wants and uh and yeah you know once again jesse shows up and it's like she gets the twinkle back in her eye and like even her just kind of you know half rolling her eyes at him had more connection with oh him god. it was like oh my god they're so cute together there was like so there was, I was a really moment happy. There, there, there was one look because when he shows up she like really is trying not to look at him it's this whole thing and she there is one moment at the end of that song which had more chemistry in it than totally. every moment with sam Chill in this last like four yes. episodes that they've been trying yes. to make us believe that yeah it was hilarious and it was everything that we keep saying here on the <laughs> podcast where it's like sam Chill doesn't work sam Chill's mm-hmm. not like functioning and just one look and we all forgot Sam shall ever happened. Yeah. (laughs) It's all, uh, Uh, yeah. And and it wasn't even like, like 
when he, when you saw him, it wasn't even like, oh, what's Sam gonna do? Or like, oh my God, what's she gonna do? She yeah. got a choice. No, she's like he was a gone. Like yeah. Sam still didn't exist. Which is which is which is fine. I mean, I think they they are better as friends, and I think, you know, if anything, we're going. If anything was supposed to happen between them, it would have been back in New York. You know, I, it just didn't. None of it made sense out here. So, um, but yeah, the whole thing was kind of fun, and they, I did. I liked when Sam, you know, created a list of people who, um, you know, finished their college career and, and then went on to be successes. And then she had her list and then she he had his, you know, response list. And <laughs> it was funny because I joked to Josh. I'm like, I would love for one of them to say, uh, Leah Michelle you know, didn't go to college. And yeah. Like, like, her career is fine. When she, she probably out did. Her, I don't know if she did or not. But. When she pulled out her didn't go to college, so she's like, and the entire cast of this show, except Darren Cross. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, uh, funny. no, is it that it was it was pretty cool. I it was interesting in that plot line too that we did get almost almost like three argument on each side over the last couple yeah. episodes. We had Mercedes saying obviously you're going to go to Broadway. We had uh, uh, Sam saying you got to go to school. Kurt saying you got to go to school. Jesse saying you got to go to Broadway. It was a <laughs> genuine kind of debate in uh-huh. the show that um, you know uh, again like when when we spend that much time in a character toiling over a decision whatever their decision is really feels earned and feels mm-hmm. important and feels affecting so by the time she actually did uh, make that decision I really felt a part of that decision I was really invested in which direction she was going to go right. and uh, and yeah that 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 was totally interesting and really really honest you know the way she finally said i thought it was going to be taking a step back but it's really you know the next phase and just a way to to you know find who i'm going to become i I, it was it was really beautiful and i thought you know that particular one that particular debate which is an actual conversation people have especially today Mm -hmm. um in the current economic climate that's a genuine debate for people to have uh, when they graduate from high school and or in her case go away and come back uh but it's a genuine debate for people to have and it was one of the times where glee i thought pretty much stuck the landing on that one yeah i yeah. i agree again by the end of it i would have been okay with either way she went yeah because i i felt like you know there was actually valid points had been made on mm-hmm. both sides uh ed what did you think of the return of jesse st james and uh, rachel's decision well i've been watching lots of looking lately season two <laughs> is so much better than season one BP dubs and it's just like he doesn't he's like not even jesse st james anymore he's like pat He's patty. It's like it's like and his, uh, his mannerisms are so patty. Not see, uh, not not Jesse St. James. The way so, you said that, I was kind of like, he's not even Jesse St. James anymore. He's Morgan Freeman because his entire purpose in this episode was just to come and kind of spout wisdom and then walk away. <laughs> but uh, so so is is so you say looking is worth looking up because it wow. Season one was a, a bit of a hot mess, but season two is very good, and you could. I think you could practically skip season one and go right into season two. Interesting. I mean, there's like season two is really solid. Like the the reviews on Metacritic even show that that it's like like it's significantly better. I'm glad they gave it a second season. Um, <laughs> I don't I don't even know why I stuck it out. Usually I don't stick things out, but you know I was like excited about San Francisco and gay people. So well, then, Ed, and I, when I watched this- honest question, uh, looking or queer as folk? I never watched Queer as Folk. Oh well, you should watch Queer as Folk because it's outstanding. Um, 
because uh, I was a big queer as folk nerd back in the day. Uh, one of our listeners, I think Theater Knitter, she'll answer that question for me. Uh, okay, so uh, so yes, the return of Jesse so, St. James. So I'm so I'm ha- I'm ha- I was happy about it. I was like, I was surprised by it because even though I like I saw someone tweet before I watched the episode like the Saint Barry duet was everything I wanted to be. And I was like Saint Barry, like who <laughs> who who is Saint like. I could I like I had the information and I was still like shocked when Jesse St. James came onto the stage. I was like Jesse, and <laughs> it was it was an inevitable conclusion to the season one back half, and like it, it was it was fantastic. fantastic. Yeah, she even referenced the egg. Yeah, that's know? right. I was like, that's cool. That is cool. It's totally true. And Ed, what did you think of uh, Rachel's decision to go back to school? Um, I think it was a decision. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I necessarily agree with that decision. Okay. I I see her point, but I don't. I don't. I don't know if I agree with it. All right. Well, that's that's well, totally for me. Done. For me. For her, she can do what she wants. <laughs> It was it was great to have Jesse back. You know, it's Jesse St. James was always such an interesting energy. It is kind of funny though if you think that the reason he got into Niata was because Ray or the reason Rachel got into Niata was because he told Carmen Thibodeau that she should accept her. And the reason that Rachel got this part in the Russell Simmons show is because Jesse St. James told them to cast her. So he hmm. is kind of her guardian angel who's kind of like this is the girl you want. Uh, I want to crash her in my apartment. Um, but the whole ending of that, it, it's funny because having this conversation, I don't know what next week is going to be. Like I, I have zero, actually I know what the first half of ne- next right. week is going to be because I've seen it, but I you already have, saw it. Yeah. We'll yeah. talk about that. Uh, but yeah, so I really oh don't gosh. know how the show is going to end now. Cause I kind of feel like we buttoned it all up. Like, I kind of feel like that moment with her and Jesse where, you know, he says, hey, uh, uh, you know, when you get to town, look me up. And she said, I'd like that. I'm kind of like, that's that's it for Rachel for me. Like, that's all the Rachel I ever wanted. She's going back to school. You have to think, I think a Glee is over. And the next two episodes we're getting is just an epilogue. Uh, It is. I could totally buy that. Like, it's a high five. It's kind Mm. of a sunset going off into the sunset. Like, Like, to me... Glee is over, like with with them putting this stuff in the trophy case with hang, hanging up Rachel storylines, mm-hmm. like and with Finn, oh not Finn, but with uh, essentially Schuster, like in a good spot. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. sometimes <laughs> sometimes good things happen to bad people. It's unfortunate. Wow. But and then Sue's in a bad spot. Sometimes bad things happen to good people. So, wow. but now so now we're in <laughs> epilogue. <laughs> uh, that's that's funny. Uh, well, cool. Well, let's take a listen to a song. Uh, let's go. Uh, I don't want to listen to that one. Let's go ahead. Let's let's dig into a little uh, vocal adrenaline here. We'll take some. We'll spend some time with "We Built This City," originally recorded by Starship, uh, here on the Gleeful Podcast. We'll come back and talk a little bit about sectionals. We built this city on rock and just go ahead and rewind that for a second because that is my favorite utterly absurd 
lyric of the 80s. That kind of place. Listen for it. Knee deep in the hoopla. Knee deep in the hoopla. Sinking in your fight. Anyway, no. Nothing. Too many runaways. Eating up the night. So that is We Built This City, originally recorded by Starship. You know, Jennifer, I've seen Starship in concert three times. Don't ask me why. Uh, I will tell you, uh, I used to go to the fair a lot. Uh, you want to see Mickey Thomas and Starship, which is what they're called now. You go to the fair. A uh, little known fact, this song written by Bernie Taupin. Wow. Interesting, right? Uh, also, no one knows what the city is. <laughs> because in the lyrics, they talk about how it's like by the bay. But they also, like, make mentions of Cleveland, Ohio. So, like, no one knows what city they're talking it's about. It's got to be Springfield. Uh, well, it was, I don't remember where Starship was. I j- mean, Starship was from San Francisco. It's, it's a joke. Oh. Springfield. Simpsons. Boom. That's my Preference. Wow. Oh, I was just rolling through. That was really good. Oh. <laughs> That's really good. Uh, so we got... We spent some time with Vocal Adrenaline, and, uh, you know, Sue being the coach of Vocal Adrenaline now, she was kind of at her craziest, and I Mm -hmm. think the biggest struggle I had with this episode was just the pacing on Sue's downfall, I guess. Like, first, she poisons the students. She sends them glitter bombs first. She poisons the students. Uh, She burns down Will's... Yeah, the entire school. She burns down Will's car, Mm -hmm. um, and then... At the uh, and then Will shaves her head. Like it all happened so quickly, I could oh, barely follow. Well, that and she was showing uh, Nazi recruitment videos in the locker room. Yeah, to Sheldon, and had that horrible exchange with Sheldon. There, it was like it was like four like crazy, insane things, huh. and that I ju- that were just nuts. And then she kind of like wrapped it up in the end and being like, "I did this uh, to." It was all on purpose. This yeah. was all on purpose. This was- and honestly, there was a moment at one point, I don't remember exactly when, but I did look at Josh and I'm like, I figured it out. I said, I'm not going to tell you because I'm going to tell you at the end that I was right. And I was like, yeah, she totally went um, went on to coach Vocal Adrenaline to somehow sabotage them. But I still don't know how she sabotaged them as much as she made, she did all this other stuff to allegedly make uh, New Directions better. But that said, like... How did she get herself fired? <laughs> yeah, I don't think she got herself fired on purpose. But, I, I mean, think. Like, and like, uh, yeah, I, I think the, it was after that. It was after I that, guess. and then she decided, okay, this is the only way I'm going to save it. And so, yeah, I mean, it was it was very nice. Like, I I liked that deep down she really was trying to save them. I I I think it would have the one thing that would have made that plot line kind of like go from an A minus to an A would have been just a moment at the very end of it where Will's like I don't believe you like I don't believe that you actually did all this and she just kind of goes well you'll never know 
Right. Like, like just leaving yeah. open the door, the okay. door that like maybe she didn't do this all on purpose, but she refuses to admit she's wrong until the very end, and yet she can still be happy for his success. She was kind of delusional that way. Exactly. Like there, there's just like a little window would have been a neat kind of like okay, she can still be happy for his success even in her failure. Yeah. Uh, or maybe she did orchestrate this crazy thing, which you know last week we found out that most of what Sue says is a lie anyway. Some of it so wasn't really her fault. Because she didn't know that she was being lied to, too. Also However, <laughs> that doesn't explain like the other stuff. Uh, what do you think, <laughs> Ed? Crazy uh, pants. Do, do you think that? Ed, do you think that Sue uh, really did plan it all out as she claimed? Um. Hmm. See, I tend to believe Sue, which I realize is a flaw, as pointed out by the most recent, like as by two weeks ago episode. Hmm. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna side with Sue because she, like, I'm not gonna say it doesn't make sense if without that, but I I'm gonna try and believe Sue that this was all a setup. She's like, I knew this would work. Yeah, I mean, what she was saying about um, you know, doing research on the judges and finding out you know the one thing that's going to tip them over the edge, and then having vocal adrenaline do that. I get that. Like, that, no problem. The other stuff just seemed a little unnecessarily mean. But, again, that's her M.O. And, I mean... You yeah, know, like why'd she go after Sheldon? Like if it was all a plan that I, out. That's the one but that. But she wasn't. Right? She wasn't going after Sheldon. She was. She was using n- Nazi scare tactics to like somehow do something. I'm not entirely <laughs> sure. I don't know. Like to me, that but seemed it was, like it a wasn't rally. directly against Sheldon though. But okay, but she did. You know, take the. You know, she did take vocal adrenaline into Sheldon's locker room. I mean, she was showing them recruitment videos in, in a way to pump them up. Uh, um, yeah. And why it had to be done there, and why Sheldon had to be involved. Well, I thought, in it I all. thought that I thought that whole scene existed just so that we could like have that hook for that for Sue's eventual being like, because Sheldon said the only two people to worry was me and right. Will. Right. So yeah. that, that scene in my mind existed for that hook to be there oh, for to, her to okay to make her to be be believable what else is happening there person. i don't know about that <laughs> <laughs> all right i buy that yeah it was the one part of the episode that didn't really sing for me um and, and then like her getting her head shaved for like 30 seconds and then coming back and having hair again Sue Luther. um apparently will like put on a wig pretended to be like somehow he infiltrated her salon he put on a wig he uh uh tied her down i thought <laughs> like, that was hysterical actually it just I, happened I liked, so quick like it happened too quick for me I, I was okay with that because i needed it to happen and be done with that's true so that we could move on I needed the, yeah that we whole the whole revenge right. thing i needed it to be expedited quickly <laughs> but i thought it was hysterical when i saw him when i saw his chin and the curls i was like oh my god yeah, I, I mean, thought that was funny. It's funny because all of this happened in the first 20 minutes of the episode. So we were only the first third of the episode was all of this. And then the rest of it was sectionals. And so as many problems as I had with it, one of the reasons that it didn't really affect my overall opinion of the episode is it was over so quickly. We, mm-hmm. we were out of it in the first 20, 20 minutes. And then we were into all of the performance stuff, which which I thought was really great. And so uh, it was only not until after the episode ended that I was kind of like, oh, that really did kind of bug me. Meh. Like, not, yeah. a, not a big deal. They I'll think about it, that the next time I watch it. It was quick and painless. Like, yeah. that was the nice thing about it. But and I, and I did, it was kind of that, you know, over the top 
absurdity that was it was done in such a way that this time it was fun again yeah yeah that's true for me i'll give you that uh, and so will or and so I think it's safe to say that's that's the end of Sue Sylvester's storyline. I think we're kind of, I think I think that's the uh, the wrap up of Sue Sylvester. Ed, uh, you just said uh, I, I disagree. Bad okay. things happen okay. to good people. Uh, oh, you don't you think that there is more of Sue Sylvester to come? Uh, she was, she said specifically that she was coming back. Like they're not gonna. I mean, they could just do that, but Sue is their foil of choice, so she's not. They're not gonna let this go without some wrapping. And there <laughs> is currently no principal named. <laughs> oh, at that's McKinley true. High. McKinley currently has no principal. Yeah. Uh, now I we could cite uh, legal precedent that sh- they could not bring her back after her firing, but uh, you know, why, why bother? Well, that would be, that would be stupid. Don't <laughs> that be would silly. be, even I'm not that dumb. Rules are made to be broken. <laughs> over and over. No, I think that'd like, be adorable. Sue, Sue will, like, it's like, I, we had no faith that Sheldon was going to return and Sheldon has become a major character. Yeah. So I think I, I suspect we will see Sue do well, and- something. I think it honestly Sue's rightful place is as the uh as the principal of McKinley. Like that's you know for all of our struggles with her like as crazy as she is, ups and downs, like totally bipolar. Uh you know her her rightful place is as the leader of that school. And and she did well as the leader of that school. She belonged as the leader of that school. So I I I think I would like to see at the end of the last episode just kind of a nice, you know, walk into the sunset of of Sue as principal of McKinley High. Of course. Uh, we also did get uh, two big performances from Vocal Adrenaline in this episode. We got We Built the City, followed by Mickey um, with Clint on lead vocals of both of them, and a couple uh, lyrics sung by a nameless girl who spent the rest of the episode standing next to him. Uh, Ed, what did you think of Vocal Adrenaline? Uh, and they're, they're this the last time we will see them, I imagine. I, don't, I have no idea. I mean, I thought that they were probably going to well i don't know if i thought they were probably going to win but i obviously like this a lot better than rock lobster oh yeah. um <laughs> i mean it was it was good it wasn't like oh my god they're amazing but neither was new uh new directions either so it's it was it was good it was just a very good performance adequate uh, <laughs> competition for New Directions. Jennifer, what did you think of the uh, the culmination of New Dire- or of uh, Vocal Adrenaline? This was actually one of the first um, competitions that I didn't feel that somebody else won. You know, unfairly. Hmm. Um, I I okay. I thought um, Vocal Adrenaline's Vocal Adrenaline's choreography and costumes and everything was fantastic, but I never noticed how kind of i don't even know i I can't even i'm not sure i'm gonna say this right but they're all singing at once there's never a lead it to me it's all kind of this um even sound it's not there's no dynamic nature to it like there's never a soloist at any point in any of the songs it's just all of them singing together in unison and it's all just okay I mean, good, better than mm-hmm. okay. It's all good, but I don't feel like it's very interesting. Whereas, well, like when vocal, when New Direction has you know a lead, and then they come in, and then somebody else takes lead, and then they all come in, and like I feel like it adds um, 
dimension and again i don't know how to describe music like i could describe a painting that way but i can't describe music (laughs) well i mean in this episode it really dawned on me that the entire uh debate between new directions and vocal adrenaline has been uh perfection versus heart and where new uh vocal adrenaline has always been perfection like they've always been they've always been amazing but soulless except when jesse st james is doing bohemian rhapsody uh and then whereas new directions was always flawed but had so much heart that it overcame Mm -hmm. it in this particular uh show i you know as an audience member i was much more affected by new directions performance than by vocal adrenaline for that reason uh there was just so much more heart in what New Directions was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you're right. I, I don't like Clint is not a particularly magnetic frontman uh, for he New Directions or for them. Vocal Adrenaline. Yeah. yeah, they all blend in together to me. Um, so uh, in that way, I would say New Directions gave a superior performance. Um, on the other hand, you know, it's it's they they they're never as technically proficient. Um, it would have been cool to have a moment with Will kind of saying, like, what sets them apart, you know? Right. Like, it really didn't dawn on me until it started happening that New Directions had all these new dancers because right. they, they picked up the uh, uh, the Warblers. So now they have all these new dancers that they didn't have before. And wow, like, that's something, you know, that's something that makes them special. And you combine that with friendship and you get a winning performance. Yeah. Uh, So, you know, the show's always kind of struggled with how to justify Mm -hmm. those types of things. Uh, I don't know. Ed, what do you think about uh, the vocal adrenaline versus New Directions? Um, I feel like it just, just how it happens. They just, I don't know. (laughs) They need a nemesis, and it's, they are the nemesis, but you said something interesting about... uh, Vocal adrenaline be pr- being oh, but what I was thinking when you said they all were just consistent, and they didn't give us anything specific about like they all were whitewash at the end. Um, wow, I'm just mumbling over myself. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the the reason they I think they do that is because they they don't want us to invest in vocal adrenaline yeah. and give them yeah. individual characters exactly yeah. No, you're absolutely and right, it's kind of like, and it's it's like in a painting to follow Jen's sort of pair. It's like, it's like they're using the exact same amount of colors at all, like for the entire painting, as opposed to letting different colors shine at different points. Yeah. Well, thank you. I like that you, you <laughs> finished my thoughts so nicely. <laughs> so uh, eloquently. Let's take a quick listen. Oh, our camera went out. Uh, let's take a listen to take me to church. Uh, this has Roderick on lead vocals and uh, we'll go ahead and turn that up. Here's Take Me to Church, uh, performed by the New Directions on the Gleeful Podcast. A funeral, knows everybody's disapproval. I should have worshipped her sooner. If the heavens ever did speak, she's the last true mouthpiece. Every Sunday's getting more bleak. A fresh poison each week. We were born sick, you heard them say it. My church offers no absolute She tells me worship in the bedroom The only heaven I'll be sent to Is when I'm alone with you I was born sick, but I love it Commend me to be well Shut up. 
Yeah, I'm such a sucker for Roderick's voice. Like that one, that just works for me. Uh, Jennifer, I just I just was reading on the Wikipedia's that this was recorded in Hozier's, uh, the attic of Hozier's parents' home in Bray Wicklow, Ireland. Wow. And lyrics are about his frustration with the Catholic Church and its stance on homosexuality. I didn't know. I did not know that at all. Uh, yeah, I have a soft spot for this song just because it's so freaking melodramatically yeah. big and, and captivating. Um, and it kind of has a, like a really defined hook and the mm-hmm. hook comes in a weird place. And so it just works for me in, in a weird way. Uh, but yeah, this this one was fun. Uh, Ed, thoughts on uh, on New Directions Take Me to Church? Faithful, good. Um, I mean, it, it's the type of song that's the throwback of Journey. It's like that type of melody, that kind of driving melody. But then it's modern, so it's like it's like Glee's Wet Dream. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think that was the big movement with this phase of Glee. I think I think the 3.0s were really uh, the 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 3.0s tended to be very modern in their song selections, even as the old guard were doing older songs around them. You know, when I think of like the biggest moments of the 3.0s, I think of like uh, the Jane's tightrope number, and then all the all the kind of moderny songs that the 3.0s were performing at uh, Rachel's. Um, in Rachel's party, and then something like this. I mean, these are all, well, Take Me to Church and Chandelier are pretty aggressively new, and then they threw out Come Sail Away, which was a little bit out of left field. Yeah, but to me, that was kind of more of a, a tip of the hat to be, um, you know, the 1.0s. Yeah, and I can see that. It was very, you know, it was a very they, fun Because they song. played more of the, exactly. It was a very fun song. I mean, I, I can't imagine that Rachel didn't know they were performing it, but she look to get a little choked up by it yeah and i was like okay yeah this is totally you know this is old school rock and that's totally what finn would have done <laughs> uh jennifer what did you think of uh roderick's take me to church oh that was fantastic i mean i think his his, his voice is perfect for it and yeah. i did like i love like he's just you know it's smooth and soul food soul food soulful <laughs> i like soul food i do too yeah. <laughs> um Wow, I I shouldn't be hungry. It's late enough. Um, but then you know when they all come in with that like choir type background, and yeah. it's just it's so beautiful. And again, it's like this song is so like you said, very dramatic and just so much more dynamic than like the other stuff that had been performed. That which was all very pleasant and yeah, in, I mean, in this, unison, this was yeah exciting. It was this uh, like all three of their songs are much more affecting and emotional, mm-hmm. and you know, uh, uh, m- much they're less fun than Mickey and mm-hmm. We Built a City, but they're really you know much more kind of reaching for your throat mm-hmm. a lot more. Yeah. Um. So that was Take Me to Church. We uh, spent some time with Roderick and uh, and Spencer. Wow. Couldn't remember him at all. Uh, <laughs> Roderick Spencer and Julianne Moore in this episode. Uh, so Spencer and Roderick were having a hard time getting the dance moves, and this was like in classic. This was a classic uh, Tina storyline, where like it was in the background, even as the characters were in the background, it was wrapped up kind of 
like without incident mm-hmm. um not even totally wrapped up it was kind of silly but they were having a hard time uh getting the choreography which led to spencer twisting his ankle uh which led to him being an athlete and i'm gonna do it even if i'm gonna take a cortisone shot even if it destroys my ankle and then roderick coming up with a better idea um you know at the end of the day i thought it was all kind of sweet you know ed did you have any thoughts on roderick and spencer in this uh, one i really really was hoping like to um to defy expectations in a way that i wasn't expecting but that i was expecting it so i guess it <laughs> failed i was hoping spencer was gonna come out in a wheelchair like that was like that okay was my vision. straight up uh the second roderick said i have an idea i paused it and i said jennifer wheelchair and you said that's what i was gonna say yeah and i got two count them two emails from listeners that were like i totally thought they were gonna bring out a wheelchair Mm -hmm. so apparently everyone thought wheelchair except for the people actually making this tv show (laughs) well they probably did and they defied our defying expectations yeah they 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 were less predictable than we expected them to be (laughs) yeah they they circumvented us yeah extra but it was funny because as soon as i heard what their second song was i was like Oh, that's... Oh, you picked it up? You I thought you saw it coming? I did. That's I funny. did. I didn't expect Myron. That was adorable, even though I saw him standing next to a blonde bob wig. Oh, I yeah. I The second I saw that bob wig, I went, oh, I see what's going to happen here. I didn't... That didn't even... That didn't sink in, but then, you know, when I was like, oh, okay. And I was like, yeah, I could see this. And I still got goosebumps. I was like, okay, that was a pretty cool moment. It's so <laughs> cheesy, but... Well, let's let's talk a little about Myron. So I'll admit, like, I probably take Chandelier too seriously because I just fucking love it. Um, I just want to like I just want to print it on a pillow and sleep on it. Um, <laughs> it's it just like I just love that song so much. And it's so like the, the lyrics to that song are like destructive. Like they're so sad and serious and like the reason she's got a little girl running around in all the videos is so sad and so then to hear see Myron kind of goofing on it I actually did not like that really at all I actually really struggled with that because of what it means in the actual context of the song and the actual context of of why the little girls and all the videos and what um I don't know. Ed, am I crazy or uh, or do, do you see any of what I see? I mean, I see what you're seeing, but you're you need to you need to step back like <laughs> just just like you didn't know that Hey Yao was about divorce. Many Touché. people don't know Chandelier's dark side. To them <laughs> it's just a big a big fantastic chorus talking about partying. <laughs> it, I mean, she doesn't want to fly from the chandelier. So yeah. I, I, I get where you're going. And it's like, <laughs> the funny thing is, I didn't really take Myron's performance as mocking as much as, well, now that you mentioned it, like he is a fantastic dancer. He should have actually executed it better. Yeah. Like, but in watching it, I didn't really take it because they obviously didn't plan it. When he was grinding on the controller, that's where I was like, yeah. okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I get that. I, I guess just in watching it, I was still taking it all in. And, um, yeah, I, I didn't. I mean, I can see what you're saying, absolutely. Yeah. But it in the moment, it didn't strike me that way. 
Well, let's uh, let's take a quick listen to Chandelier while I finish knitting the lyrics into a sweater uh, that I will wear in the winter. Uh, here is Chandelier, as performed by the New Directions on the Gleeful Podcast. Good time, car phones blowing up, ringing my doorbell. I feel the love, feel the love. One, two, three, one, two, three, drink. One, two, three, one, two, three, drink. One, two, three, one, two, three, drink. Don't back till I lose count. like this ed one of the things about chandelier like if i had any complaint there's almost no instant like fraction of an instant in the song where she is not singing and i guess it's not really a complaint it's just kind of a weird observation like there's no breakdown she is there are constantly words coming out of her mouth which is why it's so hard to hear it done live she's always falling behind because it's just impossible to keep up like it's a constant stream of vocal um so yeah that's chandelier uh so at the end of course we got uh new directions one yay for you new directions uh and we actually did get to spend some time with the judges uh it's been a while since we did that got to see the judges debating and that's something that they've gone back and done uh from the very beginning uh rod remington fortune feimeister and uh the comptroller that's the best I can do for you. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer, thoughts on the judges in this episode? Our last group of judges. You know, I, I thought it was fun and quirky. I was a little disappointed we didn't get, you know, somebody else back. You know, like, you Josh know. Josh Groban. <sighs> yes. <laughs> what was your tweet the other day? Josh Graham should end every conversation. <clears throat> oh, with. it's it's a quote from when he hosted Nevermind the Buzzcocks, and at the end of the episode, oh. he said, "I've been Josh, I've been Josh Groban, and you've been profoundly moved." And I was <laughs> like, "If I was Josh Groban, that's how I'd finish every conversation." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I, yeah. So I mean, I would have, I would have appreciated. I, I, I guess I was hoping for you know like bigger um, personalities to be in there. But that said. <clears throat> This is my voice. Um, <laughs> that said, it was still fun. It was, it was, yeah. Listening to them deliberate and how absurd it is, and at the end of the day, you're like, "Why does it even matter?" <laughs> but uh, Poodle was perfection. It was really. It was in this episode where I realized. I think the statement the show is trying to make is that these judges have no idea what they're talking about and really don't care. At the end of the day, oh yeah. Like we're all looking for like this group won because they're better and this mm-hmm. group won because they're special and the judges are like I just want to go home. Yeah, how did it get ripped into on? this again? You know, Rod Remington saying horrible things about Joe. I mean, yeah. they could have brought the vampire guy back. Well. 
They could have uh, brought... There were a lot of them, yeah. I was thinking the vampire guy would have been fun. Um, it was Ian Brennan, right? Yes, it was Ian Brennan. Okay. Uh, it would have been funny to have the waffle guy, actually, like as yeah. a judge. You know? I like waffles. <laughs> that was like my favorite line, you, like the look in like Kitty's face. I like waffles. Uh, Ed, what did you think of the final uh, judging panel in this episode? I mean, it was fine. It was funny. It wasn't as funny as it could have been, but it was funny. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was a bit Agreed. of a missed opportunity, I think. But uh, it was it like was fun it, they, they could have it could have been like a ten, and they really delivered like a seven and a half. Mm. So yeah. the fact that it happened was really cool. The fact that we yeah. did get a final judging panel. Uh, well, let's take a listen to some voicemails. Uh, we got a handful, so we'll dive right in. Uh, let's go to. I don't remember what this person's name, but you're from Texas. Hi, guys. It's listener Elise from Austin, Texas. Mm. I've been listening to the show since the beginning, and I'm grateful to have found the podcast. I definitely haven't always agreed with you, but absolutely love hearing your thoughts about each and every episode. Um, I've never left a voicemail before. This episode really inspired me, and I wanted to make sure you realize how much I appreciate your podcast. I wish I could discuss all of the episodes with you all the time <laughs> and the whole show. Tonight's episode literally left me in tears, as did next week's preview. I honestly, my husband looked at me and thought I would be sane. <laughs> the show has had its ups and downs, but this group of kids is all the place near and dear to my heart, and seeing them go is just <laughs> breaking my heart. I know it's hard, the 3.0s are an afterthought, and I know that people have had a lot of issues with that, but I think that's the only thing they really can be to me, because my main focus is in the original cast and everything that they've been through. I'm sad to see the show go, and I know it will live on. I hope you guys will do another podcast of the show that I'm watching so I can stay tuned in and listen. And I really appreciate everything you've done, and thanks again. Bye. Thank you. Uh, and she thanks, is right. Lisa. Husbands are the worst. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm I'm tearing up thinking about it because I did I got I was I was really moved um, by the <clears throat> end of this episode and and we'll we'll talk about uh, the next episode a little bit at yeah. the end and but just a lot of emotions right now yeah that was all, a, all happy tears there were happy tears in this one yeah here's another voicemail hey guys listener Sammy here I just I'm so emotional right now to be honest that was a pretty mediocre episode. Only because we've done this before, so it was very formulaic. But there was some there was something about those last couple of minutes with the flashbacks and the trophies that just got me right in the field. I tried to explain it to my mom and it made me focus on what made Glee so important to me in the first place. I liked the first season and a half well enough, but around that time my car broke down and I became isolated from everyone I knew. I couldn't go anywhere, the bus couldn't take me, and I felt so very alone. But the only times I didn't feel alone were when I was watching Glee. Those characters were like family to me, and I felt comfort from the daily struggle whenever I watched it. I went two years like that, isolated, but in that time I discovered another family, the Gleeful Podcast family. And I made so many friends and had so many good times with you guys. We've laughed together, we've cried together. I just can't tell you how much you guys made me. You guys, Josh, Jen, and Ed, and also the listeners and those I've come to call friends. When Glee ends next week, I won't just be losing one family, I'll be losing two. So I wanted to take this time to thank you for all, thank you all for making my life brighter over the last few years. Okay, enough with the gooey stuff. My oh, one real God. note about this episode <laughs> is that for the first time ever, I did not know which songs the New Directions were going to do, and for once, I got to be surprised when they did songs I love. I've been judicious about avoiding spoilers this season because it hasn't worked until now, 
and when Roderick started singing Take Me to Church, I squealed loud enough to freak the dogs out. <laughs> also, Chandelier is a great song, and I was really happy to hear Madison sing it and sing it well. And, you know, who doesn't love a little Come Sail Away? Sue's storyline was convoluted and nonsensical, as we've come to expect, so I rolled with it. The little look into the choir room at the end was sweet, and I'm willing to just go with it if this is the end of Sue. I didn't feel a need for Jesse, Saint, and James, but it was nice to see him again nonetheless. I like nice guy Jesse. I just don't think he's good news for Rachel. But whatever. Okay, that's about all I'm going to get into, but I will say Spencer bursting in on the chandelier was pretty much the funniest thing this show has ever done, <laughs> and, or the funniest thing they've done in a long time. So I'll give this episode an A, just because I'm feeling nostalgic and wistful. Can't wait to hear what you guys thought. Bye. All right, we're going to have to, like... Like y'all are adorable and you're really sweet and everything, but like, like I I, I don't want I don't want to cry in public and the podcast is kind of like it's worse in public because there's a recorded record, so like maybe we just <laughs> maybe we just all be like we don't mention like we don't be like in like overwhelmingly nice. All right, I'm gonna overrule or Josh. sappy. Okay. <laughs> I, I am, you guys I, am are awesome. I am tearing up here and <laughs> that was very it's sweet. it's amazing and. It's great to see that um, through all the ups and downs, mostly downs recently, <laughs> it's nice to see that we all still get that feeling when Glee's at its best. So it's really nice to be getting that again. Yeah. No, that was really sweet, Sammy. Thank you. Uh, here we go, uh, Alexis. Hi, Justin and Ned. It's Alexis. I want to call in and give my review of this week's episode. Just thank you for creating the podcast and staying with the show like I did. I love the podcast and have been listening since season three of Glee. The podcast has been an amazing way to connect with other fans and talk about the show. It's a safe place besides Tumblr to talk about fictional characters and relationships like they actually exist in real life. As for this week's episode, it made me feel nostalgic. It was so sweet and made me cry a little, especially at the scene when they were putting the trophies back in the case with the flashbacks. I've kind of been in denial that the show is ending. That That scene made it real to me that Glee is ending forever next week. Glee wasn't perfect, but it was special, and it will always have a special place in my heart. Anyway, thank you for this podcast, and I look forward to hearing what you all thought of the episode and from Josh and Jen about the Glee Haley Fest. So thanks so much, guys, and uh, I'll talk um, and just thank you. Well, thank you, oh, Alexis. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, that was very sweet. Yeah, yeah, we did go to Glee Haley Fest. Uh, we got a couple more voicemails, and we'll tell you all about that. Uh, oh yeah! Here we go, North Carolina. Hey there, Justin and Ed. Listener Luke from North Carolina here. I'm not calling in about the most recent episode, although it was really good. I liked it a lot. Except for I'm tired of Sue and Will fighting, but I guess that's it. Um, but I recently restarted watching season four for some reason. I don't know. Seems like a good place to go back. <laughs> and at the time, I thought you guys were really harsh on the 2.0s, and I was with Ed. I was like, Yeah, these are good <laughs> characters. And I'm watching it again, and no, they are not. And so, Josh and Jen, I just want to apologize to you guys, <laughs> because you were right. Aww. Kitty, Ryder, Marley, they're all just boring CW white people. 
So I'm sorry. <laughs> thank you. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> and and going back to season four, that's interesting. I don't know if I could start in the middle. Like, I think I'd need the, you know, the good feels from the, the ramp up from season one forward to get to that point again. <laughs> oh, but that would be interesting. That's, yeah. that's, a, that's a brave move that's there, Luke. Point. Thank you. <laughs> Hi, this is Melanie from St. Petersburg, Florida. And I just have one question. Where can I buy Roderick's album now? He has got such a beautiful voice, and I want to listen to him singing all day long. Okay, keep up the good work for the next couple of episodes, guys, and talk to you soon. Bye. Uh, yeah, you know, Noah Guthrie, who plays Roderick, if you uh, look him up on the YouTubes, uh, he has a gazillion videos of him doing covers of popular songs and kind of like reinvented different ways. Um, and yeah, he he's really he's really something. I I do hope to see more of him after Glee. Uh, the rest of them are pretty much all um, are Broadway folk, so they'll probably go back and be Broadway folk. Um, except for Marshall. I think I think he's uh, he's from something else. Uh, he's like a he's a Canadian guy. But uh, but yeah, so um, we'll definitely keep an eye out for for uh, Noah. He's he's pretty great. Yeah. And let's go to this. I don't remember this person. Hi, this is listener Aisha there from Indianapolis. Is. With my three-word review and, of course, explanation to follow, <laughs> I'm not ready. I don't really have anything to say about the Falconers from sectionals tonight, but I do think both of the journalists stole Artie's missing bionic legs from a couple seasons ago when they went missing. This time around, I think New Directions actually deserve to win. The last time I felt proud of them in a major competition was in Season 2, when Sam and Rachel sang Pretending at Nationals in New York, even though they lost. Speaking of things returned from season two, we're seeing Jesse St. James as an oddly pleasant surprise. I may always hold a grudge against him for smashing eggs on Rachel's hair and face, <laughs> which is something that's probably a little extra gross to me, since I don't like eggs. But I know that he's grown since then, and that they've reconnected after that. And in Finn's absence, I can be okay with Rachel having a happy life with a more mature and visibly aged Jesse, unlike whatever she was doing with Sam. This relationship would make sense and be much more realistic. Also, I'd like to know what the fighting with Sue and Will, if that was real or not, because if someone purposely caught my car on fire, I'm quite certain they'd do more than shave their head. And that's seriously <laughs> illegal, and she should probably be in jail. And finally, I'm not ready for the show or for this podcast to end. I started listening at the end of season one during the summer hiatus when this podcast filled my need for more glee in my life, and I've listened to every podcast since then. Thank you guys so much for sticking with it and for being a part of my glee family. You're all very truly amazing and gifted, and I will surely miss you when you're gone. Thank you very oh, much. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, and then we have one. I think this. Uh, so we realized that uh, as the voicemails got longer, apparently you get cut off at three minutes. Oh. Uh, so this person appears to have gotten cut off. But uh, let's give them. We'll, we'll listen to as much as they've got. Yeah. Hey, Josh, Jen, and Ed. This is a Yellow Jacket from Maryland. I'm a 51-year-old straight white male. Not that there's anything <laughs> wrong with that, but I think it does put me out of the normal uh, demographic for Glee. 
I have been a faithful viewer of this show since episode one, and I've been listening to your podcast since I found it right around episode four. I've wow. really loved it. It's a very professionally produced, well-paced, and polished podcast. It really compares well with all the uh, professional podcasts out there. My three-word review is Return to Form. I love Glee when it's transgressive and pushing boundaries. The show lost its mojo with the death of Corey Monteith because it took away the master story arc of the series. But this episode had a through line with something at stake. I liked the return of Jesse St. James because he is so much a better foil for Rachel than uh, Sam. Uh, my only regret was there was no Spring Awakening duet with Jonathan Groff and Leah Michelle because oh, those two cool. actors have real chemistry on stage. I know because I saw them on Broadway. The songs in this episode were high energy with over-the-top staging, which is always good. I really like the mix of the 3.0s, and they've uh, gelled really well as a group. I regret not having more time with them because of the shortened season, but I'm glad the show is going out with a bang and not a whimper. Your podcast led me through the dark days of season four and five, <laughs> and I'm going to miss your take on the show more than the show itself. Really looking forward for the net, for the finale and want to hear your t thoughts. Thank you for everything. Goodbye. Uh, oh, guess he didn't get cut off after all. Oh. Uh, so um, let's... Uh, so thank you. Thank you very much. That yeah. was really nice. Yellow jacket. Um, so let's take a quick sec and we can tell you a little bit about what Jen and I did on Friday night. Uh, we went to the Paley Fest and saw the last um, Glee Paley Fest presentation. Um, and so they showed the first half of the finale, uh, which is, well, we won't tell you anything, um, but it... It, it it gets a job done. Uh, let's put it like that. Uh, there was a yeah. I, so we were actually sitting next to listener or near listener Haley, and so we talked to her afterward and uh, and before and her but, mom. We met her mom. She's so sweet. There was this moment during the episode where I was so affected. I went, "Oh motherfucker!" And the lady behind me goes, "Shh." <laughs> I got a nice. <laughs> yeah, it was like he I was scolded that. for whispering in church or something. I was scolded, and I deserved it. Um, yeah. It's pretty fantastic. Um, so look forward to the to at least the first half, and then we'll all right. watch the second half uh, fresh together. Um, but they had pretty much all the cast. Jenna wasn't there, uh, yeah. but pretty much all the cast was there for for the. Well, uh, Kevin McHale wasn't. And Kevin McHale, that's right. He's in Ireland right now, I think. Yeah. Um, but so it's uh, so they had a lot of the cast there for what was really the final, you know, panel Q and A discussion the show will ever do. Mm -hmm. uh, Jane Lynch was super funny. Yes. Um, Dot Marie Jones could not have been sweeter. Oh my god. Uh, yeah. The nicest person. Um, Darren Chris was. Just annoyingly nice. Adorable. Like just annoyingly cute. <laughs> yeah. Just a pain in the neck. Uh, Mark Solling really wants people to not forget him. <laughs> like at one point somebody was like, hey, remember when we went on tour? And Mark Solling's like, you guys want to do that right now? And they all kind of <laughs> looked at him like, I got crap to do. I have another job. <laughs> uh, and Leah Michelle. So Leah Michelle's going on to the new... Um, 
Brian Murphy show, Scream Queens. I didn't know that, but they, they talked a little about that. Yeah. Uh, they did talk about the last song of the last episode. Um, and I guess this is kind of a spoiler. It's not really, but it's kind of a spoiler if you don't want to hear it. But, um, most of you probably know. But uh, so you could fast forward 30 seconds. But the last episode, last song of the last episode is actually written by Darren Chris. And uh, Leah Michelle said they asked her if she could, if she had any song that she wanted to do. And she was like, I don't even want to deal with it. Just, you know, I don't want to talk about it because she said it was so emotional. And then he played her the song. And she said that is the best song it could have been. Yeah. She said it's absolutely very, perfect. Very and perfect. Yeah. But uh, but it was it was so uh, we've talked on this podcast before, but it has been a while about how Josh hates Q and A's uh, because most of the cues are not cues; they are comments, uh, and it bugs me. Uh, and I get really tense during Q and A's because because it can often go south. Uh, but the Q and A was really was re- for the most part really nice. But the very last question. Um, there were people just leaping up and down trying to get the microphone, like trying to get, trying to, trying to ask the last question. And they ended up picking this random girl who was sitting right next to us, this random girl. And, um, they gave her the microphone and, and she just said, you know, the show meant a lot to me. And she wanted to ask, uh, Leah Michelle, um, if she had kind of any advice cause she wants to be an actress and she really just like really looked up to Leah Michelle and Leah Michelle was really sweet. She was like, you need to stop crying because you're going to make me cry. And it was really sweet. And, um, I met the girl after the presentation and I was just like, you know, that's the last question we're ever going to get. Like, cause mm-hmm. you know, Jen and I have been to a, we were trying to count them, like maybe ten Glee Q and As at this point. Like oh, with the yeah, cast. in various in various settings yeah, between Comic Con, Paley Fest, Paley the, Fest, um, yeah. TV Guild, yeah, Writers Guild, Writers Guild. Um, and that was the last question, and it was really emotional. Just so I went up to her, I was just like, just so you know, that's the last question anybody is going to be able to ask, and uh, that was a good question. And she was really, she was still crying. She was like, thank you, you know, whatever. But uh, it was, it was really great. They really seemed like the cast just seemed kind of ready, I think was the right way to describe it. They were, they were ready. They've seen it through to the end. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, they had, um, they had some, you know, cute little anecdotes about um, uh, like Cord, Cord and Darren were talking about how once they, you know, called final rap, they, they started looking around at like some of the pictures on the walls and they just started grabbing stuff because they're like, well, we have, you know, we have apartments with bare walls, so we need to. <laughs> and I had this total like flashback of them as Blam and, you know, like oh, that's right. doing their little thing. And like, so I totally forgot about Blam. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I said that to you. During, OK, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I leaned over and I'm like, Blam. Oh, um, I remember you saying that. Okay, so um, so yeah, so there were some really sweet, sweet stories like that, and um, you know, they they all the the moderator did a, a relatively nice job talking. You know, like having them each of the cast members go back and talk about like their first memory or 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 what you know what stuck with them from when they from the first shooting the first episode and the first season and everything and um so they all had fun little you know memories about what it was and and um um mercedes amber (laughs) Amber riley Riley. she um she was funny because she's like oh i don't even remember anything she's like i was 
she's like, I was clueless. You know, I'm, I'm sitting there, I'm singing and I'm staring right into the camera. And she's like, I'm walking into other people's dressing rooms and other people's trailers. But it was just, it was fun. It was, it was fun. And it all felt good. Like nobody was, you know, nobody was harping on like what didn't work. They just talked about what did work. Yeah. And not in a denial sort of way. It was just, it was just a beautiful reflection of, you know, six years together. Um, they asked, very good they asked everyone if they could describe the entire experience in one word. And Chris Colfer said puberty. <laughs> and Jane Lynch said menopause. <laughs> <laughs> Which was really great. And I will say at one point somebody said... Um, I think the moderator referenced something about, you know, Sue's crazy antics this season, and she just sort of grinned and kind of like, yeah, it got a little crazy there, huh? So it was like this <laughs> moment of like, maybe even she thought it got a little too far, but yeah. it still, in the end, was all very fun. And um, yeah, so the first episode of first the two, half. well, the first episode of the two part oh, finale. Okay, gotcha. two, um yeah, I knew nothing about it. So it is called 2009. That's the title. Yeah, you can get that from the trailer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's it's pretty fantastic. And uh, it'll hit you right in the feels, as uh, Sammy said. And uh, we will be back to discuss that next week. Ed, anything else you want to say before we go? Ed? Oh. Ed, are you gone? Uh oh. Right. See if I can get Ed back. Oh. Ed, are you gone? I can't find Ed. Okay. Uh, let's see if we can get Ed back here. Uh, we're going to write down what is that, like 107? Okay. What's going on over there? I hear some sort of dinging. Yeah. Like maybe he's trying to dial in again. Yeah, experiencing connectivity issues. Oh, lost the call entirely. Ed, are you there? Ed, are you there? Yeah, you came back. Oh, okay, good. I'm sorry about <laughs> that. Uh, we're about to sign off, uh, so uh, I'll I'll start the song again. <laughs> I was like, uh, okay, they left. <laughs> Okay, did you That's did cool. you hear Josh ask you anything? Nope. Yeah. Oh, okay. They were right. very very good questions. I'm positive though. Uh, so that's about it for us. Ed, do you uh, have anything else before we go? Um, no, not. I'm I'm excited to see the epilogue of Glee. <laughs> I guess. Um, you know, I, I w li was listening to old episodes of Glee, and I totally forgot uh, Shining Down all over the world except when the monsoon strikes. Uh, <laughs> so I think we're going to have to bring Aww. that one back for uh, at least two more episodes. <laughs> well, well, uh, I know that was in relation to Sunshine, but I don't remember quite the origination of Did I, I just make that up? Or I think you just made it up. up. It was before Sunshine. You said that in, like, the second episode. Oh. You were you were searching for a catchphrase like from the very beginning. Oh, well, I'm all about those SEO words, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Jennifer, anything else before we go? No, I'm just um, I'm excited and uh, hopefully not going to be too much of an emotional wreck 
uh, next time we talk. <laughs> I guarantee we both were, will. Um, so we will uh, we will be back next week. If you'd like to weigh in on anything we said tonight, you can email us at gleefulpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at gleefulpodcast. I'm at Josh Brunel. She's at Jenny B. Creative. He's at Edward Giordano. You can also find us on the Facebooks. Just go to Facebook and search for Gleeful Podcast. We will be back one more time to discuss Glee uh, for the Gleeful Podcast with Josh, Jen, and Ed. I'm Josh. I'm Jen. I'm Ed, and Big Brother Canada starts Monday. What, what? What, what? I'm excited. As anyone who's a true Big Brother fan knows, Big Brother Canada is the highlight of the Big Brother year. Like, (laughs) <laughs> the U.S. can't compare. It's just no—it's no joke. Well, well, I have so many questions I want to ask, but there's only a minute fifteen left in the song, so uh, I'm just saying, gonna gonna say good night, everyone. Good night. <laughs> good night.